Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 291. And today is the day of all days, the best podcast we ever produced. Just saying that in advance, not trying to oversell it. Pressure's on. Because we've got both Amanda and Angela, the dynamic duo here, which have never actually been on a What's Working Now show together. So sparks are going to fly here. It's going to be amazing. Lots of heated debate. Redhead power. Redheads versus brunettes versus blondes. Or in my case, like mostly gray. I'm going to have a lot of fun going through a lot of the things that are working now, right now, but also keeping you abreast of the latest headlines with regard to a lot of things we've been discussing the last few weeks and months here on the show, perpetual traffic, some of the changes coming with iOS 14, as well as what you as an advertiser should really be thinking about in the coming weeks, months, and years as you continue to market your goods, services, or agency online, no matter what the platform. So welcome to Perpetual Traffic, Angela and Amanda. Great, as always, to have you on on your first edition with the two of us for What's Working Now. Yes. And I just realized we've both got the same initials as well. AP. Yeah, we do. AP. <laughs> this is always meant to be. <laughs> it was. I think it is. Just a match made in heaven. Why didn't we do this earlier? I don't know. So yeah, Amanda was doing things like running traffic and conversion summit and doing these like very small projects. So unfortunately, we haven't been able to get her on. But today, here we are. So First come, first serve here, I guess, or first thing that we want to mention is some changes with regard to some of the things we've talked about in the last few shows, some with Wicked Scott, some with you, Ange. Uh, what is going on as of this recording on the iOS 14 front with Facebook? So Apple have announced that the rollout is not going to be till early spring. So initially we were all thinking it was going to happen sometime in January. So anytime from about the 20th onward, but it seems that that has been pushed back now until early spring, early spring, Northern Hemisphere, of course. Right. <laughs> Australia. Could that be early spring Australia, actually? I yeah. wish it was, because that would give us a good six months. <laughs> so yeah, that's a fairly, a fairly big update. And who knows why that has been pushed out, that we've got our own theories around maybe they didn't anticipate such a backlash and that mm -hmm. the rollout was going to have such a big impact, particularly on small businesses. Who knows? But yeah, it's definitely been pushed back now, it seems, until early spring. So the impact is already been able to be seen inside Ads Manager. Obviously, what we were doing a month ago now changes quite significantly because we run a fair amount of traffic on Facebook and Instagram, but obviously we, we have other social platforms that we also advertise on. So give us maybe a little bit of a lowdown on, on what's been happening inside the media buyer's world at Tier 11 and 
with regard to ads manager, changes in attribution windows, among other things. So give us a little bit of a high level view of what's happening there. So Facebook have already changed their default attribution window for any new campaigns that started. It was the 19th in the US, but it was the 20th in Australia mm-hmm. that things changed. So it used to be 28 day click, one day view. They have now defaulted that to seven day click, one day view. What that means is that you're you're not seeing the 28 day attribution coming through for new campaigns, which is huge for a lot of people. A big deal. I was looking at a couple of our customers earlier and 50% of the, the ROAS that had, you know, historically been reported is coming through on 28 day click. So it's enormous oh my God. Yeah. for some people. And what that also has meant, like from a practical level, from a media buyer, is that you're not easily able to see the, the total figures at the campaign level. Mm-hmm. So previously, when you were in Ads Manager, you could do, say, look at last month's stats and you would get the aggregated values for all campaigns along the bottom. Mm-hmm. That is, you have to do, there's a little workaround you have to do now to even be able to see that. Otherwise, it's just reporting it at the ad set level. So Practically, it's just little things like that, challenges for media buyers, for sure. Mm. It surprises me that the platform has changed already. I mean, is that like, would you rather it have rolled out even though Apple pushed it back so that you have like, or you're being forced to get used to it now? Or would you rather be able to like, I mean, in my opinion, I'm like, give it to me, keep, let me keep my attribution for as long as possible. <laughs> like, let me hold on to it with like, pry it out of my like cold, cold dead hands. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's a really interesting question. And mm-hmm. particularly with the 28 day click, mm-hmm. there's a lot of advertisers that don't really believe that you should be looking at 28 day click because mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, well, should Facebook claim attribution if someone clicked on an ad 28 days After ago? After 28 days, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Good advertisers acknowledge that, yes, mm-hmm. it's not, we don't say, oh yes, well, Facebook was absolutely the thing that caused that sale. However, we do have customers who have high ticket items and th- these are like over $500 for a product and people don't buy that on one day click. They, yeah. they don't. They do their research and then they buy later. So well, yeah, the buying cycle is probably right around yes. 28 days, maybe. <laughs> yeah, totally. And good marketers have that knowledge. Okay, it's not necessarily just Facebook, but they have that knowledge that the overall marketing is contributing at a later date to more revenue coming in. Now, just clarify on what I said before about not being able to see the 28 day click. You, you can still pull it out. It's still being reported in there. It's just not the default. And if you use something like data studio, we pull the data through Supermetrics into data studio reports nice. and we can still see it in there. It's just not the default that you're going to see in Facebook, which means there's a few workarounds to be able to see, you know, past data and, and then compare that with current data where that default attribution is seven day click one day view. If you are running ads, and you're running ads for someone or running them for yourself, there's a new column setting called attribution settings. So if you go into your column view in ads manager, you can see what each campaign, what the attribution setting is for each campaign so that you can then understand, okay, this was, this is old and this one's defaulted to the new. So fundamentally, how has it affected how we manage campaigns here? I mean, every, obviously every campaign is different. Every customer is different product life cycle is different. Reporting is different. Mm-hmm. Some do two to three day flash sales. Others have higher ticket items that the interaction with the ad might not necessarily correlate when they actually buy. Mm. Like what fundamental changes are we, are we making in anticipation of this thing that is now delayed 
What's your what's your sense at this point? So definitely more of a focus looking at those one day click metrics. That is something that we we as an agency we haven't focused solely on. We definitely like to have that overall view, but looking at those one day click metrics, how historically do they compare to what you're seeing in Google Analytics and also what you're seeing in your your source of truth e.g. Shopify. The money in Shopify is, is is the source of truth for how much money, revenue and sales are happening. So what do the one day stats in Facebook look like compared to other platforms and getting that? There's been a lot of talk, it's like a delayed attribution metric. So understanding, okay, if I'm only looking at one day click data, what do I anticipate that it should be? And how will that back out to my seven day and my 28 day previously? So there is some extrapolation, some estimation that's going alongside this but at the end of the day it's about what the crm or what shopify's back end in this case for an e-commerce store is saying and we're matching that up through weekly reporting through google data studio so it's just in the actual moment that's the challenge and it's interesting that this was rolled out obviously in advance what we thought was going to be sort of a week or two away and now it's pushed off to early spring so it's something that it'd be interesting to see how Facebook responds to this because they still have all the data. All the data is in there, mm-hmm. right? Nothing's really changed. It's just like what's being shown. And this poses some challenges for advertisers, for sure. Angela, based off what you said in terms of Apple delaying because they weren't quite sure of the impact that it was about to have on small businesses, I'm also curious if we're delaying because, oh, Let's hold off so they have an alternative ad platform when we actually launch. And Apple Ads is going to become the obviously going to become the alternative ad platform. But then you mentioned the monopoly, which is just going to this is going to be fascinating to unfold in terms of what happens here. (laughs) Two tech titans going head to head, right? Billions in revenue at stake. So this brings back the basics of advertising, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is all good. Like this is. This is going to happen, whether or not things are going to change, whether or not Facebook goes back to 28-day and one-day view as the default, we don't really know. But what we do know is that this is just one change that you as an advertiser, you as somebody who probably uses these platforms, is going to have to deal with. Google has come out with their response. They don't seem overly concerned. But remember, a lot of the other social platforms, which we're now advertising on, like we're not spending gazillions on these, but Snapchat. TikTok, YouTube, obviously, Pinterest. We are also doing some stuff on LinkedIn. The point is, is like a lot of these and all of these, with the exception of Google, still uses this IDFA, this identifier Mm. for advertisers, which is the concern with this ATT app tracking transparency issue with iOS 14. You're just going to have to, we have to deal with it. Like we, like I think there's some people inside tier 11 who are gloom and doom and others are a little bit more optimistic, <laughs> which is fine. I don't mind people being paranoid. That's mm-hmm. completely okay. I'm kind of balancing the two right now, but it still goes back to something that is the fundamentals of advertising is that we're spoiled by this platform, I think. Mm. And that's great because it's become like this super precise AI-driven, incredible targeting. You can segment stuff out. You've got so much visibility into user behavior. 
this wasn't always the way that it was. And, you know, I'm sorry for sounding old, but my first job out of college was selling cable advertising where we sold like $20,000 ad blocks on Nickelodeon. I don't even know if Nickelodeon was like- Nickelodeon, yeah, Nickelodeon's still around. I remember that. We always like sold Lifetime and like the History Channel. I don't know. We were going after like an old demographic. Oh, that's such a good channel to fall asleep to. When it is, sick. it really is. That like the PGA network, if you yeah. ever put on the golf channel. Oh, yeah, like soft clapping. Right now. <laughs> yeah, you're dead to the world. The point is, is like that was the that was the end of advertising on like the continuum. Like that's mm-hmm. no real tracking. I don't know. I like how do you track it? Well, Midway Nissan used to ask people like, how did you find how out did about you us? Find so us? Like, I don't know. Like it could have been a TV ad, it could have been a radio ad, it could have been a paper ad. We'd like to think that it was the cable ad. We always say if they say I don't know, it's probably because they're watching ESPN and it was one of our ads, but that's how we tracked. <laughs> And now we've gone to this super precise other end of the continuum. I don't know as if it can necessarily get even better tracking wise. Some of the new social platforms obviously Mm -hmm. have incredible targeting, which we can talk about here based upon Mm -hmm. user behavior within the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. The point is, is we kind of got spoiled here, but still, whether you're selling an ad to Midway Nissan or you're selling an ad as an agency to 177 Milk Street, by the way, they actually aren't that far apart when I sort of think of my Boston geography. <laughs> the point is, is you still have to have an ad that captivates your market, mm-hmm. right? At the front end of it. And we had no way of testing it on cable advertising. We've got still got a ways of testing it now. Is the data as precise as maybe it was, or maybe it still will be, depending on how it, Apple and Facebook work this? It doesn't matter. You still have to do your avatar research. You still have mm. to do your deep dive research. You still have to have a cold traffic ad that cracks the code. Vic always loves to give me a hard time for that, Ange, which is a crack the code <laughs> on cold traffic because it's true. And that is universal, whether you're advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Google, TikTok, Snapchat, or doing content marketing, like what you're doing over at, at Digital Marketer. It's not all about like snazzy title tags and link wheels anymore. It's like, I actually have to sit down and really think about my avatar and write really great content. Yeah, that's SEO optimized and all these other sorts of things. And you started to see some really great results on DM that are to this messaging and to this whole oversight of like how we should view advertising in general. Yeah, well, okay, I don't want to say that this like iOS 14 gives me no pleasure whatsoever, obviously. It's like affecting my team. But in yeah. a very small like way, <laughs> people are going to have to start functioning. Like it, advertisers are going to have to start functioning much in the same way that you function when you're optimizing for Google. Like I don't know if changing 25 title tags on the page is what actually increased my traffic by 5%. I'm guessing that it probably is because those are the changes that I made and the optimizations that you make as an SEO or like changing the content or changing the like core focus of a keyword on any particular piece of content. Google doesn't give you that insight. And that's, that's always why I thought SEO was fun. was like, oh, it's kind of like a fun game. Even when we had interns in the DM office, they were like, so it's just like a game that you never know if you win. And I'm like, exactly. That's why it's interesting. <laughs> you have more money in the bank. I guess that's- And they're looking at me like yeah. I'm crazy. But it's almost like now everyone has to start experiencing that based on what I'm hearing from iOS 14, because now it's going to be less about the last click attribution and more about that top of funnel content and more about 
finding where the real value is because the attribution is going to be, well, one, it's going to be in seven days. So you have to start tracking in terms of more of like that top of funnel content. And we've even started to see results on that in terms of like what we were planning to do with content in terms of like, oh, we're going to not hack the system. Everyone knows that if you post more, post more content, Google has more opportunity to see, see your content. So you have a more, like a higher opportunity to rank. So the start of 2020, we were thinking like, okay, let's post five times a week, six times a week. If we can, we'll get all of this traffic in. We know who our audience is based off like who we're targeting on Facebook and who's clicking ads. We can relate that back to the kind of content we need to create. We'll post multiple times a week. We'll get all of this traffic. We'll be able to sell more sponsored content, more advertising within our newsletters and things will be hunky-dory. What we realized is like, that's not, I mean, obviously what we realized is like, that's not really the like core of what's actually going to work. And by June, we started pulling back and now we're posting two, maybe three times a week, but all of the content is only based off of our like derivative work of the products that we're putting out or the workshops that we're producing. And if a workshop is produced, then we know that that's what our customers actually want. And funny (laughs) enough, our content is now hockey sticking. Our traffic is now hockey sticking up into the right. Now I can only assume that based off the time that we started cutting back on content and focusing more on like our core product and those like extremely long tail keywords is just so happens to be exactly when the content starts climbing. I can assume that that is what is changing our traffic, but do I know for sure? No, like I'm, I, I'm essentially working on like marketing techniques that from like a paid advertising perspective would be like used in the nineties. Like (laughs) I feel like SEOs still kind of function like, like old time marketers. Whereas when we got the benefit of paid advertising, which like I said, we even use the benefit of paid advertising to help our organic traffic. Like if I'm producing a blog post and it's not getting the traffic I want, all right, I'll boost it. Like I'll put some more traffic, but like I'll force traffic behind it to show people that this is what they should want to read, whether or not it's what they actually want to read. I get that benefit from advertising so I can put money behind it. But now that we're almost basically losing that opportunity of like that's like extremely focused audience, I think it's going to be really not a cool opportunity for small businesses, but a cool opportunity overall, if everyone has to experience it at the same time to kind of go back and like really do that research on like, who's my core, core customer? And like, what do they actually want to see? And what can I actually produce? That's going to be a value. Well, the hockey stick growth is reason enough for us to believe in like fundamentally understanding how advertising works. Yeah. I mean, I go back to episode 288, like Brandon, when we interviewed him from Bigger Pockets, like, mm-hmm. no kidding. Like, they are the biggest real estate and real estate investing property on the planet. No question about it. How do they do it? He's like, my SEO really kind of sucked, but I just wrote articles about what people what I like wanted to see. Yep. Yeah. Like, like what I wanted to see. <laughs> like, the real pain points, like, what do I do when my tenants trash overflows and they've got raccoons in it? And do I, can I evict them or what do I do with my lease? Like that would be a really horrible title tag for an SEO (laughs) blog post. The point was, is like, he's addressing, 
he's talking to what the conversation is inside your prospect's head. And I hate to say it, but like that does go back to really understanding and doing the deep dive research. It's the reason why side tier 11, we have, and I was explaining this to you guys before, we used to be a fully like almost 70, 80% media buying agency. And now we're almost 50, 50 to the point when maybe it might not be 50, 50, like 60, 40 thereabouts mm-hmm. in and around that because we've invested so heavily on the creative side. And I'm not just talking about making cool videos and images and all these other sorts of things. Absolutely. That's an outgrowth of it. But a huge part of it is our director of creative strategy role who oversees our ads lab, which is all about this. It's like, and I'm not you know pushing tier 11 here, but it's like, we realized this was happening. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that we can predict the future, but we did sort of see which way it's heading. I think the yeah. iOS threat magnified it to a certain degree. And it's going back and understanding your avatars. And Figuring out like what the customer really wants, what stage the market is in, how mature is the market, the process for determining what needs to happen for the pro- for the for the prospect to in fact purchase your product, like really getting into their head, and we do that with you know product reviews, competitor reviews, answer the public stuff, customer reviews, founder interviews, mm-hmm. customer surveys, forum surveys, like listening to customer service calls. Like that is deep level research. And I'm sorry, if you don't enjoy doing that, then you need to find somebody who does because Mm -hmm. that's the key to doing what you're talking about here is going back and doubling down on those avatars, figuring out who they are and what is that conversation that's going inside their head to compel them to click your ad and ultimately be engaged in the customer journey that is your website, your product or service. Yeah, totally. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddies Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. 
And I think like Facebook's been amazing for allowing people to small businesses in particular jump in and and use Facebook as their testing tool for that. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I can get super granular on the on the audiences, but it's really just going back to that the marketing basics of really understanding who are you selling to, who is going to buy it, and what content and creators are going to resonate with them most. And mm-hmm. I think another aspect of of the whole iOS fourteen thing is it's going to flush out those those people that still believe they can look at each individual platform in a silo. Well, True. why is this mm. not working on Facebook? My Google ads are working amazing. Yeah. Like, why are you guys not working? But it's it's it should never have been looked at like that. But I think the granularity of Facebook just really, it, that's where it went. That's where people went to. But it's like, oh, wait a minute, let's let's pull back. Like, like you were saying about making changes on your SEO and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Like something that's happening over here absolutely can affect Facebook over here, like COVID is, is a great example. Yeah. But why am I, were my results amazing for this three month period in the thick of COVID, <laughs> but now they're rubbish. My ad agency's rubbish because they haven't kept up the good results. It's like, always the ad agency, isn't it, Angela? <laughs> yeah. It's always the VP of media buying, actually. Mm-hmm. Just point the finger at you. Yeah, totally. But it, something else was happening that was major mm-hmm. and massive that affected people and how they they bought things and how they consumed stuff so yeah it, it, i think it, people really need to understand that like let's start looking more holistically and go back to the basics of marketing and i love that you said that too because we've actually been having this cover i had this conversation with a few of the the girls on our product and our content team about the different platforms that are starting to pop up, obviously, like Clubhouse and TikTok. We we like to talk to our like our certified Gen Zers that a digital marketer all about. You have to have one on staff, right? Yeah, we always have to have one on staff. And we talk to them about like what's cool, what's it? But they're talking about TikTok and like the segmentation on TikTok. And we're talking to our social media manager about are we gonna start pivoting to Pinterest, which sounds crazy at this point. Because our original thought is, oh, that's not where our audience is. But now that we're this is happening, we have to start pulling back. And the conversation has now flipped to not that's not where our audience is. The conversation is now our audience historically has been 80% men. Maybe let's try Pinterest and see if we can start targeting women. And it's no longer just this is who our audience is. This is who we have to focus on. This is who wants to buy our products it has to start becoming like, like you said, more holistic and, oh, if we want to reach a different audience, then we need to start testing different platforms. But I think the flip side of it too, which could be a whole different conversation is like, okay, if you're going to test different platforms, obviously you can't focus on everything all at once. So like, where do you, where do you put your focus? Because I don't think it's necessarily that all of these apps like Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Clubhouse and YouTube are all necessarily competing with each other, but they are competing with your time or a customer's time. So while the apps aren't like maybe like, oh, that segmentation is better. So I'm going to go there. It's where is your audience going to focus and where do you need to focus in order to get their attention, which I think is going to be a really interesting, interesting pivot that we're even, like I said, we're even trying to make, we're about to start creating a Pinterest account, which we've never done before, but that's going to be something that we're going to looking into. We're look, we're looking into TikTok, God help us, but (laughs) maybe we're going to try it out because the conversation that we were having was actually really funny because I was talking with my social media manager at the beginning of 2020. I love, I love the story. I've told it way too many times in the office, but 
the beginning of 2020, I'm talking to my social media manager and she goes, oh my God, the Washington Post has a TikTok. They clearly don't know who their audience is. This is so embarrassing for them. Six months down the road, we're having a conversation about TikTok and my certified Gen Zer goes, oh my God, the Washington Post TikTok is amazing. It's my favorite platform. Completely unrelated wow. and completely, mm. like if that's where, like they're trying to reach a younger audience and it's working. And that's where I think like the focus is gonna have to start being. I think yeah. everyone kind of wants to just think that this whole advertising, marketing, growing a business thing can sort of live on autopilot. Yeah. And you just do it once and that's it. I'm sorry. It's not that way. This yeah. is work. I mean, hopefully that's one of the reasons why you're listening to this show, because you realize that every week we're on the tip of the spear here, or at least we think we are, but you know, at least we're running real traffic. So we, we know what's happening, but we're constantly evolving. It's mm -hmm. like if we continue to do the same things we did last year, or maybe the things that we did, forget about last year. Let's talk about May of last year or June of last year when we were riding this COVID wave and a lot of businesses were. If we weren't paranoid and thinking, okay, that's eventually going to change. Obviously, it, it might change by headlines. It might change by economic bailout packages. It might change by anything. Point is, it's going to change. Mm -hmm. The rapidity of that change has probably been sped up in the course of the last couple of years. But the point is, it's like you constantly do need to evolve. And if your campaigns used to work six months ago and they're not working right now, you know, if your ad agency is running the same damn ads, then it probably is the agency's fault. But if you've actually been changing and trying to go and, and altering and testing your marketing, and maybe you're not getting quite the same result that you were before, you have to look at everything. Is my offer still good? Is my offer still something that people want? You see, like offers themselves, which is the thing that you get after the click, like you go to the landing page, you either opt in you register or you buy the damn thing, or maybe you just get a lead. Like the same offer will not continue to work forever. I'm sorry, it just won't. So you actually do have to not only take a holistic view of your marketing in general, but a holistic view of your business and how you're approaching new business. Good example right now is as we're running on, on Facebook and Instagram, as well as on LinkedIn for tier 11 are working great right now. But the point is, is I'm like, they're not going to be working great in a month. Mm -hmm. And we made the mistake of just sort of getting complacent, thinking everything is going to go. And then all of a sudden you realize like you're losing money. And it's happened even to us internally. Like sometimes the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Like, yeah, it's definitely the case <laughs> with us. Oftentimes is our marketing perfect, but I do think that we know that we have to constantly change it and evolve it. And even if you're hitting different markets and different targets, it's still like for us, it's like we're looking for agency customers, right? Or maybe we're recruiting, whatever it happens to be. The message has to be different. It can't be the same one over and over again because your offer is going to tire. Mm -hmm. It just is. And as well, even with the changes that are happening with, with iOS 14, however that's going to pan out with what we see in Facebook, there's it's Facebook's almost been its own worst enemy in terms yeah. of people who are running ads in there. Like they're so focused on on the granularity of it. We, we had it, we did a review for, for a, a new client last week and it was, he was like, my, well, my ads don't work. My ads just don't work. Uh, YouTube works for me, Facebook don't. I did the review and I'm like, his ads are actually working really well. But when people get to the website, they're not converting. Yeah. <laughs> Full funnel. <laughs> it's the landing page yeah. and the sales page. 
They get, we get mm. so stuck up on that. My ads aren't working. Must be the agency's fault. Must right. be the agency. <laughs> yeah. Really thinking about the offer. Again, marketing, uh-huh. thinking about your avatars, thinking about the content you're creating and thinking about the offer. And are there ways I can test the offer rather than just, let's just keep putting out the same stuff on Facebook and hoping that it will work when this offer over here isn't really working. I think one of the best examples, and we have to do a case study on this one, and we're going to, is you know, customers ours that we mentioned earlier that has a nice testimonial on the front page of our website. But I'm just going to plug it for right now because it's true. It's like it's not, they're not doing so great because we're so brilliant. They just listened to our advice. They were spending about $1,000 a week on Facebook. I don't even know if they knew like what they were getting in return. Mm-hmm. What they realized is that if they did alter their offers, bring out new offers, make things that are tantalizing, that hit the market that they're trying to hit, that's very consistent with their core offer. In this way, like they have an e-commerce store. They also have a subscription to their magazine. You know, customer is 177 Milk Street. Awesome. I still get like, watch all their videos. Like they're the best at what they do. There's lots of other competitors in that space. They were spending about $1,000 a week when they came to tier 11. They're spending over $100,000 a week now. Because they are bringing out new offers all the time. They don't rest on their laurels. Yes, mm-hmm. our media buying team is doing a great job. CSM is doing a great job. Creative is doing an amazing job. They have a, now an in-house team. They've built out like an entire social and understanding that, yes, content is king here. They've got a really solid spokesperson who knows what he's doing. They've got a great offer, but they're not settling on one thing. Remember when they came out with this coffee sugars offer and then they kept running on stock. I'm like, well, just keep bringing out new ones. Just keep testing them. It took a little while for them to get to that point, but now they're doing it and not all of them work. The point is, is like they're reinventing themselves constantly. And that means you got to put in the work to do it. Mm-hmm, the people yeah. that are going to buy the knife instead of the coffee sugar might not be the same person, but you have to treat it almost like it's independent of that and new offers and new things, not being frenetic. And not being disorganized, but thinking, okay, every offer has a finite lifespan. And even the ones that maybe work right now and then they stop working, you can then bring them back like six to nine months later too. Yeah. Let's not forget that. So I think that's a good model and love to go through like step by step how we actually did it. But it was mostly because of great offers that they weren't afraid to test, maybe go negative on, maybe don't have like the margin. And yet we're accepting, all right, we're going to test this and sort of behave like a real business. Like, how can we acquire a customer? And then we know once we acquire them, we can sell them more on the back end through our internal offers and cross-selling. I'm just having flashbacks of an episode we did a few, I don't know if it was like a few weeks ago or a few months ago at this point. But one thing we were really focused on on that particular episode is that marketing is so cyclical. And we had even talked about like, how at the beginning of 2020, end of 2019, I was having a conversation with someone at the company and they're like, over my dead body if I run a webinar. And <laughs> now the webinars are, are back full force. That's We have more than one running at Digital Marketer. And I feel like exactly what you just said, Ralph, in terms of don't write it off if it doesn't work now. It might work great in six months. And I feel like it's so interesting seeing exactly how we're coming back around to what what targeting might be like four or five years, what targeting is probably going to be like and what it was like four or five years ago. And now we have to kind of circle back around and what worked back then and what worked for my audience 
this week might not work next week, but I can try it again in one or two months. And I think it's so fascinating that it does feel like we always have to try something new and try something different. But one thing that Ryan always says is that he might be quoting someone, but no one's ever had an original thought. Like everyone, everything we do is a replica, like some kind of replication of something else that someone else has done previously. And I think that kind of, it really does apply to like marketing techniques in general, because we are just kind of circling back around to, okay, now we just have to go back to what we think works and what we think is, is going to work and rely on our instincts as marketers. But I think the cool thing about marketing is that when you do circle back around, you have so much more insight. Like while we might be getting the data taken away from us on Facebook, we already have, we still have the historical data that we can now work off of and make even more intelligent and educated decisions on what we can target with in the coming months. Yeah, I think absolutely w- agree. one of the things he said is that marketers ruin everything. And right? also that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if a webinar, we do, like we beat something to death. Like yeah. remember way back when it was lead magnet tripwire core offer. Mm-hmm. And that might be back in vogue at some point in time. It's like whatever is working in the market has a finite lifespan. So you sort of have to think ahead of that. If you want to let it just sort of die out, like that's, I don't think you can afford to do that right now. Mm-hmm. I think you constantly have to be figuring out ways in which to bring people into your sales funnel, no matter what it is, whether it's a service, whether it's a digital offering, or whether it's a physical product. And that's what real businesses do. I mean, if you have one product, one offer, and one way of selling it, sorry, you don't really have a business. You've got something that's working that gives you insight into, okay, I might be able to create a business around this. Mm-hmm. You can do pretty well. Like you might be, we have customers inside tier 11. It's like one product, one offer. You oh, have no idea like why it's so popular, but it is. And it's crazy. And now they're million dollar businesses. That's great. But that's a bit of a unicorn. I think in most cases, you're going to have something that kind of works. And you have to work damn hard to figure out what's that hook, what's that messaging in order to captivate more of the market or at least run it at scale. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the show. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and silence. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> it's a mindset shift. It's going to be a mindset shift for business owners, a mindset shift for media buyers and agencies as well. And mm. that getting away from that, I need to see this ROAS in Facebook mm. and, and that's the determination of success for my business. It, mm-hmm. it never should have been. We never should have let it get to that stage as, as marketers in general, where people look at the ROAS and Facebook and make a decision as to whether it's successful or not. It's, it's, it's making sure that your your source of truth revenue is is going up and you're profitable and then looking at longer term as well, which is something very few businesses really look at. Like long term, are those people coming back to me? How can I keep keep selling to them and, and not just focus on that specific ROAS in Facebook? Yeah, most definitely. And I think Facebook created that ROAS spoiled mindset in a lot of ways. Sorry, Mm. probably going to piss a lot of people off with that. But it's like, because it's right there, Facebook, and we see this with even people that come to us that want to work with us, they look at Facebook as a cash machine. It is not a cash machine. You have to actually invest and look at it like a business. Mm -hmm. And you can't expect to have a dollar in and $5 out. Like you, You wouldn't expect that on Wall Street. Like, like, think about that return. That's insane. 
Like businesses don't like you just can't run a business that way in most cases unless you just unless you have the cure for cancer or like some crazy product, which we do have some customers like that. We still just like we're scratching our head. But that's the exception rather than the rule. I do think that if you do have one product or something in the way of like the example that I used before, like a $1 subscription to a magazine, you can have 20 different ways in which to bring people into that one offer too. Mm -hmm. So it's not like always diversify, diversify offers. Yes, it's very good to do that. But always constantly think that however you're going to convince people to come into your world, you have to constantly change that up, test it, create quality content that captivates the imagination of people who don't know who you are to ultimately become customers for you. And then you use your business on the back end to turn that into a profit. And Ryan, once again, he or she who is willing and able to spend more to acquire a customer wins. And I think it's, it's true. It's more true today probably than it ever has been, especially with all the other things that are going on. So, well, that is uh, this week's show. Yeah, a little bit uh, soapboxy in a couple of ways, but also you as a marketer, this stuff ain't easy. And hopefully that's why you listen to this show every single week and other podcasts that sharpen the saw, so to speak. We will absolutely continue to give you all the stuff that is working for us, as well as the things that aren't working. So what's working now is also WNW. And what's and, not and working now. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> say that five times. You can tell we really rehearsed this stuff before we hit record. But it's been awesome having both of you on uh, this week's show. We got to do it again next month. And uh, we'll continue to, to give you the latest that we see as we continue to be in the trenches with this digital marketing stuff, whether it's on Facebook, Google, you name it, content marketing, TikTok. Can't wait to see uh, Digital Marketer's TikTok channel. Me too. Yeah. yeah that's gonna, that's gonna oh, be God. Awesome. <laughs> Ryan Dice has a TikTok personality. Oh, my God. No, okay. I've I feel like that would actually be hilarious. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Ryan. We just someone need someone to hire someone to follow Ryan around. Totally. That's what you need. That's exactly what he wants. Like, you know, it's a cameraman, take him, go home with him. <laughs> So for, for all the, the show notes and all the resources that we mentioned here in this week's show, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 291. Ange, Amanda, the AP team, thanks for bringing it today. Welcome. It's been fun. AP team. I'm going to trademark that. I like it. <laughs> AP team. Until next week, everybody. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. focused on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holiday shopping season, when probably what you should be doing is keeping an eye out towards the plan that you have for 2024. Now, 
We here at Perpetual Traffic want to help you make 2024 the best business year you've ever had online and help you do that through everything that we talk about here on this podcast. Well, for 10 lucky businesses, we are going to offer through the end of the year, January 1st is our cutoff date, we are offering 10 free audits for 10 lucky businesses. We will go through everything from all of your ad spend on all your social platforms. We'll do everything on your website, analyze all your CRO, as well as look at your data, how you're tracking, as well as look at your email sequences, everything associated with your digital marketing, wrap it up into an audit, give you a score and tell you exactly where you most need to improve. And we are offering this to 10 businesses for free through the end of the year. In order to get your free audit, head on over to tier11.com, fill out the application and make mention in the actual notes section that you heard about this promo for the free audit on perpetual traffic and we'll bump you to the front of the line. Now this is for 10 businesses only. We have a limit of 10. We literally do not have more capacity to be able to do more than that because I actually do have to give my people between Christmas and New Year's off. So they've got to work really quickly. So the quicker you can get this and submit it, the better, and we're going to take the first 10 that apply. So make sure you head over to tier11.com forward slash audit. For your free audit, we will look at every aspect of your digital marketing, give you a rating, and then give our recommendations as to what you can improve so you have the best year ever in 2024. 